Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks Geek Podcast. Freaks. <laughs> <laughs> I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey y'all. And uh, today we're going to be going over our Joker review, both spoiler-free and spoiler-filled. Yes. We're going to be doing some NYCC news, and we're also having an interview with Mindy Indy, creator of the Airhead comic book. Uh, which was very fascinating. I love talking to these comic creators. <laughs> right. We have another interview uh, the beginning of November. I don't know if mm. you want to be a part of any of those. Heck yeah. It's really interesting. Um, yeah. Just I really like where they get their ideas from. Mm-hmm. And so, and this one in particular was tref- uh, was a little tough because yeah, she lives in New York, so we, of course everything's streamed mm-hmm. uh, when we're having our conversation. Uh, we had a little cutout, so sometimes the edit is a little bit shaky, but that's because yeah. yeah. we had some cutouts. You know, we had to do our best. Technological issues. Yeah, you know. So that's the way it was. It, I think it came out great. She's fascinating. Okay, next up, uh, let's go into our Joker review. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be the spoiler-free one, okay? Hey, guys, just stepping in real quick uh, to let you know that our Joker review, we decided to go ahead and divide up into multiple episodes. So the one you're getting right now is going to be the spoiler-free review, and then in two days, we'll release the spoiler-filled review by itself. Uh, It ended up being like a 40-minute review on just the spoiler-filled version, so we decided let's let's cut this up a little bit, give you guys a break, give you time to go see this movie. It's fantastic. And then uh, we'll have the full thing for you coming out on Wednesday. Yeah, that's the day. All right, guys, enjoy the show. See you later. So let's just go over. Uh, okay, so let's break down acting, directing, plot, mm-hmm. stuff like that, okay? Which I think this one, acting's very heavy, plot's very heavy. I'm honestly, directing and sound, sound was unreal in this movie, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it. So, so just overall... What would you think of the movie? Just softballing it. Uh, it. It's it's game changer. It is one of the best movies I've seen in a very long time. Right. Okay. Same here. Same here. Yeah. It's it, it's um like when we saw Heath Ledger play play the Joker, it kind of yeah. rewrote what you can and can't do in this kind of character, and really made you think outside the box. I didn't think we would see deeper uh, another dynamic. I thought like we. Yeah. You don't know what you don't see until you see it, but then you're like, "Oh my goodness!" There's so much more depth that we can pull out of this character, and different perspectives that we can analyze it from. That it really, it's kind of a little bit scary, but it's it's exciting. But that's exactly right. You don't know what you're missing until you get it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I think that's exactly it. Uh, with this movie, to kind of give people an idea, you know, it can't be said enough. This is not a superhero movie. No, yeah, not at not all. Not at all. This is a deep dive into a man's psycho uh, mm-hmm. psy- psyche. And uh, it's slow collapse over the course of the film. Yeah. It's a and great analysis of humanity and... As, society. Yeah. And, and our current state of society, how oh, of course. how dis- yeah. how we're just falling apart. And how we're not supporting those mental health issues a lot of way, in a lot yeah. of ways. Uh, that's one big theme in this movie uh, is he doesn't get the help that he needs. Mm-hmm. And it's because of funding. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, is something we need to address. So that's one reason people... So there have been negative reviews out there. Yeah. And a lot of them come from people that think like, oh, it's a little too real or a little too close to home. Or I've heard people say it's it's slow and boring. I actually have heard that too. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. what? <laughs> Squeaks, Squeaks texted me. He's like, hey, honest opinion, is this thing slow and boring? And I'm like, I, I, I try to write very purposely, like, this movie needs to be watched by you and Sarah. Because I think yeah. uh, Sarah and him have the mentality to kind of appreciate yeah, you have what to it is. Expect it more more of like an inception or something. It's not a 007 superhero yeah. movie. It's a slow follow the details and think about it kind of movie. It, a lot like um, uh, uh, Taxi Driver is its biggest because it's a big Scorsese yeah, type film. Yeah. Um, so three hours later, very good podcast that's in our it's in our uh, uh, network, uh, Next Wave Network. Um, they they had a good point. It's like Falling Down. Remember the movie Falling Down? Oh, yeah. 
that was a good movie too. It's with the freaking hamburger scene. As a guy breaking, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a lot like that. So that was that was a good 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 one there. Gosh, so that's a throwback. I haven't seen that movie in a long yeah, time. Yeah, that's a good movie. Okay, so uh, let's look at plot wise. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have this collapse of this man. He's starting off uh, again. No spoilers, but he's yeah. starting off as like a clown that's kind of doing the advertisement yeah. on the side of it. He works at a place that like is full of clowns. Yeah, and um, scenarios happen and stuff like that to where he's slowly starting to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that through the course of the movie, he has. Uh, one major goal and that's to become a comedian mm-hmm. and get, really I think even beyond beyond that is to get on the uh, Murray Franklin show just to, just to get appreciated just to get for appreciated, pe- to be yeah. seen because he points out in several times like I mean he feels invisible and he wants people to just know him and appreciate him for who he is exactly yeah. and I think one key thing with this movie correct me if I'm wrong here is the uh, the idea of an unreliable narrator oh yeah I, I didn't realize that of course I don't think anybody realized that until almost the end that yeah how unreliable this narrator is and how much you could have just been misled in a lot of what you saw. And there in our spoiler filled review, which we'll actually go through all the beats of the movie yeah. and kind of like talk about them as we go. Um, I think we're going to have to refer back to the fact that we don't know what his state of mind is when he's seeing that. Cause a lot of this movie we're seeing through his perspective and mm-hmm. we're told that. Yeah. Um, and so we don't know if anything that we see is real. Yeah. That's what makes it the ending. Jonathan. That's what makes it so good. Yeah. Including the beginning Everything. It's so awesome. The beginning could be all from the perspective the of the ending. The mom's scenes, like <laughs> yeah. the final mom all scene and stuff like that, could actually not be real. We'll dig Think into it deeper that. later. <laughs> oh, I know. I want to talk about so that. <laughs> Such so, a good, good movie. Uh, the the plot wise is where people are going to say like, oh, it's slow because yeah, he's not like destroying the city or you know fighting Batman. I think it was beautiful though. It was very well done. It, yeah. it kept my interest the whole way. I mean, because as you're, it's not like it's not action packed. So no. if you're looking for that kind of movie, there is you're, some action scenes, but not wrong. like you know. yeah. Um, but when you're focusing on his mental state, because they draw you in from the beginning, that that's what the concern is. Right. right. And trying you you want to see this guy succeed a little bit and get happy and have a better life. And you're just following him step by step. Every scene has him either growing or breaking, you know, yeah. up or down a little bit. So to me, it's it's action packed because each scene has something that's really affecting this character's mental state. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right too. It's it's just <laughs> very well done. Yeah, and you're with him. Okay, so here's here's a question for you. And I, I would say no, but um, is he the hero? It's from he 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 is the hero from his perspective, which is what you're being given. Yeah. So in the end, yeah, he he's the good guy. He's, he's the one the protagonist who, for sure. But yeah, is he the good guy? And society might be the bad guy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I, oh man, yeah. One thing I do like too that uh, I know he's so good. <laughs> I've said this to you before too. Is this plays well with Heath Ledger's Joker so much that to me this is a perfect prequel to showing maybe right. you'd want another another movie or something or just ten well, years and, in Arkham and, Asylum and the, and the timeline doesn't work out either. Yeah, you could fudge some numbers. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it'd be closer to Jack Nicholson's, I think, version. Well, not not personality, but I'm saying age wise. Yeah, but I mean, if you eliminate the Batman Christian Bale side, but just Joker from Joker to Joker. Yeah, he this this Joker clearly looks like he's the you know he's evolving to become. Heath Ledger I could see that. I could they're, see that. To me, they mirror each other very well. Yeah, this movie's so good. Okay, let's uh, then let's talk about acting next because mm-hmm. I think that might be one of the big pivotal things in this movie. Phenomenal acting. There's only one actor that we need to really talk about. It's Joaquin Phoenix playing Joker. Yeah. Uh, and one thing I realized mid watching this is he has such an expressive face. Yeah. To where he's able to bounce back and forth with these emotions. And one of the big driving factors of this character, uh, no spoilers in this, but um, is that he has uncontrollable laughing fits. Yeah. 
So I, he he sits there and he's he's convulsing almost and laughing and he mm-hmm. has to, he has his card he gives to people saying like hey I have a problem yeah. please get the card back and I can't remember what the name of it was it's pseudo something or other uh, Durbers or it's an actual condition oh, whoa. way to get the fancy I, name I, I looked it up I oh, forgot okay. it already is it but it's an actual condition Joker we, disease from here on out I mean that's the name of it now <laughs> yeah Joker <laughs> disorder yeah um, but but what I what I seen online is it's more or less like Tourette's it's a ner- ner- makes sense neurological disorder where in nervous or uncomfortable situations or whatever, instead of, you know, shouting out curse words like you would in Tourette's or having involuntary motor functions, uh, you start laughing uncontrollably. Yeah. And so I like how in this movie, they didn't make light of that. They didn't, you know, oh, pretend oh, like this is a, you know, oh, he's just a funny guy that laughs all the time. No, this is a serious mental condition. So other people who yeah. have that out in the world, like, I never knew this existed. But now maybe people who have that will, you know, if you see somebody laughing uncontrollably somewhere... You're not just going to assume, oh, that guy's tweaking out on meth or crack or something like that. He's acting yeah. stupid. He might actually have a disorder that now, you know, it's kind of brought to light that these people, you know, might be bettered by this or supported better by yeah, this Yeah, and one exposed. thing, too, is um, when you're watching him laugh, you're feeling bad for those moments. Yeah. You're sympathizing with a man laughing. It's so yeah, weird. You, you can see that's another part of his acting that's so good is you can see in those laughing fits several times that he is not laughing of joy. He is shameful, sometimes fearful, crying. A lot of times fearful. Yeah, crying, trying to hide his laughter. But it's like, imagine you're... You busted out laughing at a funeral or something like that, and you can't stop yourself. Everybody's looking at you. People are so mad at you, but he's just like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't stop." You know, and he gives out the card and explains to people. But God, it's in his face. You see multiple emotions at once. It's so hard to not sympathize for him. Yeah, and yet, I mean, he is the Joker. Like, yeah. it's, it's not like he's a good guy, but dang. And, but in the end, I mean, like you're saying, he's a victim of of society, of yeah. where the society's going, and he, to an extent, is a hero by trying to break a broken wheel and and forge a, or allow society to forge a new future a different system that's one thing too i think is a lot of the because there's a lot of great reviews majority are great reviews but yeah. there are negative reviews out there and a lot of them i think might be that as like we don't need this out of joke we don't need to have this conversation from a joker movie but like why not it's the only way people are going to pay attention to it perfect if this was a movie that wasn't about joker it was just about a man with mental collapse it would probably be forgotten yeah you throw the name joker on this thing and now people are actually going out to watch it because of joker movie yeah. and having the following conversation and God, do we not have a better time in our society that we need to start talking about mental health issues yeah, with all the great time. shootings and stuff? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's something where you know, a, a violence and everything like that. It yeah. needs to be brought up, yeah. Okay, so uh, next up, I think directing was done very well. Oh, yeah. uh, I noticed uh, cinematography-wise was really done well done. We have some moments where uh, the edits to where they like they cut they do the quick cuts, which is something that we see in like, a lot of British films, yeah. uh, were done in moments where it was emotionally impactful. Mm-hmm. Impactful. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of these scenes where he's like dancing, which we won't go into that until full spoilers. Yeah. But those scenes are almost the way the camera moves is almost slow and dancing with him. Mm-hmm. And to where we're kind of like following his mood in those situations, which yeah, the music and the cinematography follow his mood changes. Very I, I mean, accurately. it just blows me away. Yeah. Because you can imagine how how odd and uncomfortable it would feel if you were watching his dancing from a security camera. Right. That would just seem so weird that yeah. he's he's the awkward, literally crazy guy. But when you're with him in his dancing and the music plays it together and his motions and stuff like that, you're like, you feel that emotional release that he's feeling that is just completely unburdened right now. Yeah. And that's I think that's exactly what the director wanted to convey. So I think they did a really good job. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about the dancing. And to me, I think that's super important in the film. Yeah. I think I mean, it's so important. I don't know. It's... 
maybe maybe they just assume it is what it is. He's just dancing like he oh he's he's happy, but it's that slow. I don't know. Maybe we should get into it more in, well, in yeah, full spoilers. We'll go full spoilers, yeah. but yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> uh, score also one important thing is is it has these very heavy tones. It's like they carry a note and then they're like sink into mm-hmm. it and just sway back and forth with yeah. these notes. And uh, again, that's when he's like delving deep. The music's not, of course, the score's not always on, but when it is on, mm-hmm. it's typically when he's delving deep into this emotion and yeah. you're just like swaying with him. And uh, it was very well done. And then there was like moments when you're celebrating how bad he's gotten and it's like full jock jams it's like stadium <laughs> jam now um yeah. so it's it's pretty amazing uh okay so what else we want to talk about about this film before we get any spoilers in um did you were you satisfied with the ending i i think the ending was perfect yeah because i think we'll go into spoilers <laughs> but i think it was an inception ending yeah it leaves so many um possibilities yeah. so many questions unanswered and and I love potential that. loopholes and stuff and just like oh my god but if you were to watch it just pure surface value and not try to delve into theories or anything what like that it can mean, yeah. it's still a really good closure ending one thing i'm a little concerned about is we may not be we may not be close enough to really feel how this movie is so forgive me for an example if you're somebody who's dealing with struggling with this you may see this movie as differently than we do like we see like oh it's making us talk about mental health but i wonder mm. for others if it's like oh we're not villains or i i don't know that's the thing is we're just not close enough to the situation that's true i could see that people with mental health issues might see this as oh that's sad that guy broke you guys watched this guy come to the point of breaking killing others and stuff yeah and you're celebrating him. Like he should have gotten help been, before this. And, and the director have been very, Todd Phillips, I think the director was, are very adamant. Like, he's not the hero, guys. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that are watching this and like, oh, what a, you know, tour de force and stuff like that. Like, hold on, guys. Make sure you're paying attention because he's not the good guy. Yeah. And, I, you know, a lot like Falling Down, a lot like Taxi Driver, uh, the main hero or the main protagonist of the movie is a bad guy. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, Sopranos, or not Sopranos, uh, uh, Scarface in a, in a way. Yeah. You know. So, um, okay, anything else spoiler-free? Let's go over our grades. I'm going to give this thing, like, I mean, I want to go, like, 97. I hate yeah, to go so high. I know. I lose credibility when I do that. <laughs> it's hard, but I'm I'm in the upper 90s, too. I'd say at least 95. I couldn't go less than 95. I, I couldn't go, yeah. I couldn't yeah. find I couldn't find enough negatives to, to just, almost any negatives to justify bringing it below 95. I think the only thing that dips it down from like a hundred is the fact that I think um, I, I just want more, and yeah. so and it, and, it, and it left it off saying that they're based. I don't think there will be another movie. Mm. I don't think there will be a sequel. I hope they do. I hope they find a way to. I mean, I, they, but I think they left it off to where it's so much better without it, and so I will never get a sequel. I think. Um, I think we'll get more dark label. Yeah. You know, DC darks. I wish they'd make a sequel. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I think they're open to it with after the money that was made. Yeah, just right. made some fat cash. But like, like you're saying, maybe, maybe them not making a sequel would be better for you know the audience for the story. I would like to see just a bunch of one-offs. Give us, give us Riddler, give us Mister Freeze. I mean, God, what a good movie yeah. that would be. Without tie them into the same world without doing a Justice League or or Marvel yeah, Avengers. Just a dude that's trying to save his wife and will do anything, including experiment on himself yeah. to try to save his wife, and then mm-hmm. he just collapses and finally is angry at the world. And we see like a, a, a killer and stuff like that, but he's a man who's just like, I have to save my wife. And his drive would be amazing to watch. That'd be cool. That'd be cool to see multiple movies in the same Gotham. You know, you could even have the same uh, headlines in the backgrounds and stuff, occasional overlap. If you wanted to, yeah, connect them. Yeah. But 
but not bring them together for a multi-character movie because yeah. there's one star in each movie and that needs to be whoever the movie's about. I also would like to see a Lex Luthor movie. Yeah. Where we see this man, it'd be kind of like American Psycho. Not even American Psycho, but um, a movie about like uh, Wolf, Wolf on Wall, Wall Street. Street. Yeah. yeah. To where we're watching this like polit- or this uh, uh, fiscally um, motivated person that we're kind of like rooting for them to kind of move up and they're like aggressive and stuff like that. Yeah. But I want like small tones of like uh, xenophobe or something like, like or racism mm. or just small tones out of him like hmm, that's weird that he said that kind of thing like that yeah. and then we later on find out when he finds out there's an alien that's protecting people that he doesn't like that guy and we're like oh it was showing us this whole time that he's not cool with anybody that's not like him yeah I gave you things where when you watch it again you're like oh yeah his entire board is all white guys is that the reason he tries to get rid of Superman is because he's alien and not because he's got Superman his stated reason he tells everybody is because he thinks that humanity should be able to protect itself there's like a lot of other things too. He was just wants to make money. It's yeah. It sounds like he wants control. He, that's what he wants because he joins the Justice League over that. I mean, he, yeah, he just wants control. All right, everybody. Now we're with Mindy Indy, and we're talking about her new comic book she's working on, Airhead. Hi, Mindy. How are you doing today? Frank, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's very exciting. That's great. That's great. Uh, So you've been working on this Airhead. Can you give us a little bit of a description of what Airhead is all about? Okay. So, uh, well, the first thing you need to know that it is spelled A-E-R, head. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, it sounds like uh, the term Airhead, but I mean, it has a double meaning because it is a comedy. It's a sci-fi comedy. Um, And the main character's name is Air. That's short for Aereo. Uh, Ariel Zephyr, and he is a teen surfer and lifeguard, and he struggles to control his ESP and psychic powers. Like he can sometimes see the future in his dreams, but like he can't control it at all. Uh, but one night, he predicts that a solar flare, an unnatural, you know, supernatural solar flare, is going to wipe out the Earth, and so try to warn people and save people. That's that's the main story arc. There's a lot going on in Airhead. Mm-hmm. They're like, you know, there's a love triangle. There's like many characters are introduced because this is the first issue. Um, right. And the second issue, we get like more into like the side stories, the backstories of the characters and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's break down what it is to to be a comic book creator, much as we have in the past with other comic book creators. It's one of the reasons we just love hearing from you guys mm-hmm. is it's, it's so fascinating all the things that come behind this. Uh, where did the idea for Airhead come? Like what, what, what brought it to fruition for you? My gosh. So I've been working on this series a really long time. And um, mm-hmm. I first created the characters in college. It's, it's just grown over time. And it, I mean, in my Kickstarter video, you know, you see me like cooking the ideas, like yeah, it's <laughs> such a great video. <laughs> Thank you. I loved. Oh, I love making the videos. Awesome. Um, but so anyway, very first sketch I did of the character of Air was I was sitting in class in college. It was a lecture series because they brought mm-hmm. like these artists in to talk about their art or whatever, and I was doodling, of course. And I, I was seeing this guy in front of me that had a bandana and I really liked the way his curly hair curled over the bandana. And so I drew that character and that was the very first. And it's funny because I like, 
I was at home like a couple years ago and I like came across that sketch. I was like, oh, this is the origin. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so then, so it started with the sketch. All the characters started with characters of V at first. And then I did a little animation of them using powers. Blogged about this in the, a recent Kickstarter update. I had posted the original animation. Um, or, well, it was like a demo a demo reel that had clips of that animation in it. But um, it at first the style was like super anime, like super anime style. I mean, like, yeah. Okay. This is, this is a debate. Like is airhead anime? Is it not? It's definitely influenced by anime, but I would say that it's much more influenced by the American style than when it was, when I first created it. Um, so I started with the animation. It was just them using their powers. And then I made a, a comic, mm-hmm. the core roots of what happens in Airhead. It has, it has like air, can't really use his power. He, he has a dream of the solar flare. Like all of that was way back in, in the comic years ago. And then in 2010, I had kind of relaunched it. Cause like after graduating, I just tried to get a job and I, I was doing a bunch of other stuff and it was, it was kind of the thing where I had set airhead on the side. I was like, Oh, this is going to be my big series, but I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to do it like later. I, I I don't know. It's just like, you just try to to get by and and enjoy life. And um, yeah, it's just something you're always kind of thinking about in the background of like, okay, what can I do with it? But while you're still living life. Yeah. Yes. And so then I decided to move to New York City in um, in 2010. I'm from Michigan originally. Okay. And, okay. Uh, and so then I moved to New York and I, um, various other things, but one of them was, you know, on the side, I was revamping the story of Airhead and I added a lot more details, a lot more like backstories, you know, the, the characters changed. I added new characters. I took away some characters. Um, and then, but you know, you know, 2010 was a while ago and I, I have been freelancing, but it was always kind of in my mind and I had decided, um, you know, I launched a Patreon of this last year and I had decided do this now. I'm never going to do it. And right. Yeah. I, yeah, it was like, okay, how many years have I been working on this? And it's, it's like. Yeah, so you've been you've been workshopping this your your entire life or not entire life, but for over over a decade. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah. it's one of those things where like like for other comic book creators, it may be just like, oh, I saw something and it gave me this idea, which for you was was the bandana, but um, and so they that get to work right away. But for you, yeah, <laughs> but for you, you had like this long process of really fine tuning who these characters were, who should be in the world, who shouldn't be in the world, and kind of of really solidifying this idea that you had i had fully completed that story in 2010 somehow it would be a different story because i've I've grown as a person and I, i've matured um you know uh, i scrapped a lot of stuff when i decided to like redo it this time <laughs> i it was hard but i decided and, and that was part of what was like holding me back is that i don't want to start from scratch because before how I wrote the story was like my sketchbook and then I would storyboard it would draw the page there was no writing step involved at all but then right I realized 
in the past few years that if I want to cut corners, I need to hand, I need to letter it digitally because before like the 2010 version, that's, but, but it, it took forever. Um, and so from there, I'm like, well, if I'm going to have to digitally letter it anyway, I might as well write the whole script. Exactly. Yeah. At that point, you, you might as well take it all in your own hands. <laughs> and because you're going to have to write that anyway, if, if you letter digitally. And so then, and then like at the same time I was joining a writer's group that were, and they weren't even comics people. They, they were just like, uh, in a writer's group and, and you know, they, they have writer's groups, you know, all over and you, you can join like a local one or one, but anyway, so it was great to get feedback and it was easier to change the script when it was just a script. And I'm like, oh, I don't have to like, like I can just right, thing, yeah. take away something. I can switch some things around very easily. And, and even then, like still like a back and forth process, like as I'm drawing the pages, cause it's not a hundred percent drawn. It's maybe 75% drawn mm-hmm. and for issue number one. And, you know, I might, be like, oh, Era would say that instead of that, or maybe like it, like like this, like maybe he would joke around a bit more or something. Like when I draw it, because after you draw it, and then you see how the script could be better. And so then, when I finally hand it off to a letter, which is my first stretch goal, by the way, and um, <laughs> that'll be uh, that'll be easier uh, for them. So that's that's one thing that that is sort of unique in the situation is you're the writer and the artist, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a that's a creative control that a lot of a lot of comic book creators don't have, and uh, I like the idea that they're bouncing off of each other for you. So you're writing something, mm-hmm. and then when you put it to art, you're like realizing I need to change the writing to really adjust. That's awesome. Next up, I was I was wondering. Is there any other uh, comics that you've worked on in the past, or is this your first one? So I, you know, when when I exhibit in comic cons, I, I have done some short stories. The most recent short story, it was like a collection of short stories. It was called Other Realms. Mm-hmm. And that one I worked on with a writer, Patrick McAvoy. And it's in the same sci-fi genre, uh, but it's not comedy. It's uh, It's actually like very serious, and it's like computers are taking over the world and like, yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know really it's about the the pros and cons of technology it's like technology is really great mm-hmm. but you have to be careful like basically and uh, so so what this was my first go at printing actual comic sized comic uh, but but yeah that was cool that was like a level up for me because i'd never done that before he had found me at a at a small comic con and we were kind of like trying trying it out like with the one page story like seeing how we work together and then eventually we had enough and i'm like why don't we do a collection of these and uh to kind of fill the book out why don't we also like because he was the writer and he sent me the script for the comic stuff and at the same time i was doing mainly from inktober which is happening right now um yeah (laughs) yeah inktober is awesome um Inktober got me started on doing some daily drawings. And of those drawings, I picked some sci-fi ones. And I was like, how about you, a story based on this drawing? And so it was kind of like a back and forth for that. So it's, so yeah, that that was the most recent cool thing that I did. Is there any other comic books or comic book creators that have inspired you in the past? So I would have to say the number one inspiration is Rumiko Takahashi, 
this is mainly for the humor, um, you know, especially Ran Mahaff. So, Ran Mahaff, are you familiar with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, I love it. And so <laughs> it's just her quirky humor and all these characters and all these like ridiculous situations and yeah, just the, and even, um, so the, the first graphic on, uh, my Kickstarter image, um, on my Kickstarter page is this image of like a surf pyramid kind of thing, because uh, it's like air at the bottom. And then it's like, you know, how acrobats like form a pyramid. It's kind of like, it's just ridiculous. It's like no way could the characters actually be like that, but it's just fun. Yeah. It's just a fun image. And that, that was influenced by how would she, she would always have all these like pans of all these characters, like um, just doing a bunch of like celebrating and like, like a party. And they were also doing martial arts and they were like juggling random stuff. And it's it just, it just fun. Um, it's- yeah, it's one of those pages that you kind of have to stop and just like take a moment to really appreciate every little piece that's in there. There's it's a it's a collaboration of so much. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, there's a Daft Punk a- animation called Interstellar Five 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 Five, and oh, okay, it, it was the the coolest thing. I mean, um, that I had seen to date. I mean, like Sailor Moon blew my mind when I was like a kid, but like then it's like, oh my gosh, this is combining techno music and anime, and I love this. Okay, so looking over what pages we have in the preview, uh, going from the style point of view, we have to me it reminded me so much of this like '80s cartoons, like maybe Transformers something like that, where it's really kind of these purples and oranges playing off of each other, the heavy shadows and everything like that. It really brings you back. Uh, the even the way the waves are done um so so was was like the the 80s punk feel kind of what what really drove you in this oh the it's funny because a lot of people say that but that wasn't the main driving behind um this style but i did want it to look like an animation and i wanted to be an animator when i was little i wanted to animate for disney and it feels like that too. It feels like you're watching like a, a Saturday morning cartoon and yet it still has more of this kind of like adult tone too, um, where it kind of spread pretty wide its audience. Uh, but yeah, it does give that vibe off of like you're watching, you're reading a cartoon essentially. Oh, nice. Reading a cartoon. That's going to be my, uh, be like a promo or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll retweet it. Especially, I'm looking here at the third page. I'm going over the pages as we're talking. The third page here where you have, um, I want to say it's his teacher essentially coming in to interrupt him. But the way the panels are laid out is it's almost like it is in animation. Uh-huh. You, you see the way it goes and even like the zoom in on the face, which is very anime style um, on the teacher's face. And it's just, it, it the way it reads is like a cartoon. It's, it's perfect in that way. Appreciate that. Yeah, and I... um. I like to draw with a lot of movement and mm-hmm. I like to draw dynamically because um, change up the scenes a lot. Like, you know, you have a close up and then you have a um, medium shot and then it's, and then it pans out to being far away and then right. you the setting. And Oh, and by the way, that, that is actually, um, uh, is uh, professor Pipsy, but that is actually his adoptive dad, but he calls him Pips as a nickname okay uh their relationship is like super laid back um 
But I'm I'm wondering, I, I don't know, it's in my mind he's always called him Pips, and it seems weird to call him dad. Yeah, it's it's almost like um a cool uncle aspect on top of being a dad. Does that seem right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. One thing I, I like too is is you, you play a lot around with the um the traditional comic book paneling and and you actually kind of bend it a little bit to where it, it almost challenges how like uh, if you look for like the the staples in comic books, it would be like Watchmen or something like that, which has these very strict nine yeah. panels. Mm-hmm. When this one doesn't do that, this one even bends panels, turns panels, and opens things up to where it challenges the reader to read in a different way. And again, I think that brings it back to that animation style. Uh, was that kind of your your choice to really change up how things are done? Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, like particularly, especially with um on like page two, like where he's like sitting there, and then he's like. He's daydreaming and those those series of panels are very wavy dream. Yeah. Like I definitely want that to have a different feel as well. So um and that like it's more of a montage. Borders are uh like dashed lines, not side lines, they're more fuzzy. Um appreciate that you appreciate my panel layout. Yeah, it, it, panel layouts it's funny cuz it's it's kind of like the utility part of the comic book and a lot of people when they, they don't pay attention to it but it is affecting how they read it. And mm. um for 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 your work here and I'm looking also at this this one right here this page that I, I'm excited to see it in full color. Uh where everything's done in bubbles and so you're you're seeing it like it's actually in the top one we have immediately after yeah. we see air is kind of like taking a nap on on the on the dining table but Everything below that is—is it, is it a dream? Are we seeing his thought? Well, it must be a dream, and just the way it's bubbled down is—it's almost like he's descending into his own mind. It's—it's it's really, you know, it challenges the way you think about how the characters are are being portrayed. And then the, the last page I really want to make sure to to pinpoint is this one with the—I um, don't know how to describe this—but the puzzle piece page, if that makes sense to you. Uh, the, the missing puzzles out of the people and stuff like that. I'm like, this is like how a director wants to do things. Oh, <laughs> it's it's very cinematic. This 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 particular page especially is so cinematic to me. Um, and I really I'm interested in seeing the rest of this comic just because it's really breaking the norms, and in a very interesting way where it's it's uh, emotional based and it's telling a story mm-hmm. just by its placement. So I think that's something that that. Being the comic book writer and artist is giving you such an advantage. Okay, so yeah, I, I love that page too. And uh, yeah, I think if I was communicate that to, I don't know, to somebody else to draw, that would be kind of hard. But because like there's a kind of synergy there where and it, it's kind of funny because I added the puzzle pieces later on. Oh, but they're so essential. <laughs> it's amazing that those are added later on. It just makes it more trippy, like too. Yeah, it, it's just fun. Yeah, sci-fi. It, it, it just gets you thinking too, like, oh man, like, what does this mean? And and it it, it just it gets the juices going in, in the mind while you're reading. So I love it. It's it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's let's go ahead and wrap things up with your Kickstarter campaign and how we could all help. Uh, can you break down the different tiers that you have to the Kickstarter campaign? Okay. Yes, I would love to. So. A variety of rewards ranging from uh, $5, which is the high five. And um, that's where you get your name and thank you page and a screensaver. Mm-hmm. $10, the hang 10. Huh? Get it? Yeah. Hang 10. <laughs> for, for all those uh, who don't know, that's when the surfer 
um, hangs over the board with like all his toes. So yeah, whatever. As a California boy, I'm assuming everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You guys are in California. That's right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so we're like, wait, who doesn't know what Hang 10 is? Well, I mean, you know, people could be listening to this anywhere, you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 that's true. And uh, in New York, we have a a very vibrant surf community out there in in Long Beach. And uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. but, but you might not. It's kind of like the hidden secret of like the surf world. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> tiers. The, uh, the most popular tier is the Surfs Up reward for $25. This is, oh, wait. Oh, I forgot to describe the Hang 10 one. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <You did. laughs> so I was so excited about the title. Um, so, so Hang 10 is that you get all the tiers build upon each other. Right. So Hang 10, you get the previous tier plus a digital download of Airhead number one. And Uh, The most popular reward, which is the $25 one, surfs up previous tier plus a physical copy of Airhead number one. Okay. And then the ride the wave tier for 40, you get everything plus an Airhead fold out poster print. And this is because when I was little, I would get Sonic the Hedgehog comics and they would have a poster inside sometimes, like for specials. Yeah. Um, which is cool to get a poster that was folded inside. Now I, um, and also like from a practical standpoint, it's just easier to mail than like a larger print. Right, right. Good. All right. So the hang loose tier is uh, for hundred dollars and that is everything plus a color sketch of you, friend or family member uh, with like a beach theme. It could be like surfing or like oh, that's cool. a shark. Okay. So we also have the far out tier, which is $250. And this is everything else, including a page of original art from Airhead, because it's uh, it's hand drawn. So there are physical pages. You know, I know that these days, like a lot of digitally, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's fine. But I, I feel like it looks better when it's hand drawn. So you get a page of original art, which is pretty rare these days. That is, yeah, that is amazing. So uh, the five hundred dollar tier is called the ultimate nice yeah yeah and so it really is the ultimate tier it's everything it's all the other tiers plus tuckerization which is uh you get yourself drawn in the comics so there's a crowd scene at the end with the surf competition and so you'll be at the surf competition drawn in the crowd there so you'll make an appearance in the legendary issue of Airhead number one. In the it, that's amazing. Yeah, then you're actually in the comic book. And I mean, if you're a comic book reader, that's what you've always wanted, right? You've always wanted to be sitting there. Yeah. So that's perfect. That's <laughs> great. Uh, what's your overall goal with the Kickstarter? Is it for the first comic book, or is are you trying to create a, a series out of this? What what is your goal for the for the Kickstarter? It's definitely a series. So it ends on a cliffhanger. Um, a okay. pretty big cliffhanger at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, very action-packed. So technically right now, the comic is already funded and I'm aiming for the stretch goals. And by the time this comes out, um, I'm not sure how far along I will be, but there will be some days left in the campaign. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the stretch goals will allow me to hire like a letterer and um, other people as well. Finish the comic faster. But yes, there's definitely like I'm I'm thinking right now it could be like an eight to ten issue miniseries. Um, okay. But there is definitely a lot 
there. And actually in my Patreon, I have a lot of other like side stories. Like, so there's a side story where like air goes and, and he, he's out surfing. He like almost drowns, but then he gets saved by mermaids. Mm -hmm. That's like a whole other like side story that has nothing to do with <laughs> with the main story <laughs> but it's like just for fun you know and um, yeah oh yeah, yeah. Might as well. <laughs> so um yeah that was inspired by uh, when i went to the mermaid parade here in coney island oh yeah um, i don't know if they have one in california i think that they're that's the only one like yeah that sounds pretty unique i don't, <laughs> I don't think we have oh yeah yeah it was, it's pretty awesome i mean if you ever happen to be in New York when uh, when they have it? It's definitely get out. Um. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's going to be it for us today. Uh, make sure you guys check out the Kickstarter for Airhead, and we want to thank Mindy for joining us today. Thank you so much, Mindy. Well, thank you. This has been great, and I I hope that people really like Airhead. And um, thank you for you for checking out the kickstarter yeah links will be in the description guys and then we will continue on with the show next up we're talking nycc new york comic-con and all the uh, great announcements we had from there uh, let's start with, so what we're going to do guys, just a heads up, uh, for you YouTubers, we're going to cut away to like a nice little like transition. It's going to be nice. You know, I'm good at those transitions. High tech segue. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> Adobe Premiere. And, uh, <laughs> uh, for your stream guys, you're going to actually just watch us watch it. So, uh, enjoy the stream you're in luck. and uh, podcast guys. Uh, it's going to be some cool little transition music that I'm probably stealing from somebody. So, <laughs> uh, here we go. We're going to first watch the new, we got a new trailer for Picard. We got a new trailer for Star Trek Season 3, Discovery Season 3, which I love Discovery. It has mm -hmm. been so good lately. Phenomenal. And then we're going to be watching, uh, we have a new trailer for a short trek. Have you watched any of the short treks yet? I watched one of them. Which one did you watch? The, the Well, from the first one uh, with uh, Dwight. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was a cute one. That was It wasn't like any major thing, but it was still good. Uh, my favorite one is the one where the guy, uh, he like is lost in space and gets upon an abandoned spaceship. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's really, really good. Finds out it's not really abandoned. No, I don't want to break. I don't want to spoil anything <laughs> for you. I'm not going to tell you anything. So let's watch this. January 23rd. All right. So that was John or the new Picard. I was going to say John Picard. Picard <laughs> show. Uh, Jonathan, first impressions. What do you think, man? That looks phenomenal. I can't wait. So clean. I just love the beautiful future that they portray. Oh, yeah. They, they uh, do such a good job with our future. Like, Star Trek has always done this always, differently yeah. from Star Wars. Star Wars shows are more rough and crass, like hard yeah. to, struggling to survive. They're very optimistic that our future is going to be clean, clean energy, better technology, sharing, and all that stuff. And it sounds beautiful and great. And they make it look amazing. So. I'm excited uh, for that. We've talked about this before. One thing that's important with Star Trek people don't know is it all follows a World War Three mm, that yeah. annihilates like three billion people. Yeah. So there is that too. <laughs> yeah. Everybody that's still alive agrees on yeah. how to proceed. There's there's something that gives them all a good get gut check. Um, 
I really like that we have a lot of returning people. We have Data in there. We have Riker, mm-hmm. Commander yeah. Riker. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Deanna Troy's in there. We have some more Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. They could just make the whole show about She's Seven of Nine. I'd be okay with that, yeah. too. Uh, I like seven. He, he names his dog number one, mm-hmm. which is cute. Yeah. Um, the the production quality of this of this new show, I mean, it's top notch. CBS All Access. I mean, people don't know how good they're doing. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, that literally it looked like HBO or one of these other yeah. more you know pricey networks, but that's that was phenomenal quality. Yeah, so it really. It looks like they're putting all their eggs in one basket. They put everything they got to really give us the best product they can. Cause they know Star Trek's a big name. Yeah. They got all the right cast and, or, you know, the best cast they can get. So they know this is going to be successful if they put everything into it. So I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. I think you're right. That's a very good point. The name Picard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called Picard. I think that's just total clickbait. I yeah. mean, they're trying so hard. Yeah, yeah. Come over and watch this one show yeah. and then ch- come check out Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. Check out <laughs> Lower Decks, all these other Star Trek properties because they're going to try to have Star Trek going year round. Mm. That's their, their awesome. game plan. I know. Yeah. I'm not hating that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just, the production quality, we're getting uh, a lot of different sets, which look really good. Yeah. The San Francisco set, the first time we've seen that, I think, mm-hmm. uh, looks very nice. Um, uh, Starfleet headquarters. Yeah, Starfleet headquarters always looks so so good. Uh, I like just, their ships. That, I mean, they just have really good, you know, CGI in their, yeah. their ships and how they the design. The way they control they and stuff yeah. like that. It so all smooth. looks like it is a step up in technology, yeah. too. It looks very realistic. It's like, I wish they had that kind of, uh, technology and CGI and, and practical effects, you know, 20 years ago when they were making Voyager. Uh, Voyager, yeah. yeah. Voyager's our longtime favorite. That's, that's such a good show. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to get out about Picard? I'm just so excited about it. Yeah, this is, I'm stoked. I don't, I can't really, I mean, there was a, a lot there in the trailer to unpack, but we're not going to sit there and go scene yeah, by scene. Yeah, you can really go frame by frame, to yeah. be honest with you. Uh, there, there's a lot of secret hidden guys. Some of the new cast members look really good. Um, but yeah, generally looks amazing. Yeah, I can't wait for it. Uh, next up, we're going to be looking at Star Trek Discovery Season 3 trailer. I know, I'm loving <laughs> some Discovery. So here we go, let's check this out. Okay, so that was our Star Trek Season 3 trailer. Uh, before we get too far in this discovery, by the way, uh, before we get too far, spoilers for Season 1 and 2, which you guys must go watch. Oh, There's yeah. some people that don't like this show. Go, and, go watch it. You don't have to watch any other Star Trek series to get into this one. It is so good. It's it's I, yeah. very well standalone. And they're, they did make a change from Season 1 and 2 in a little bit of how they do the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one big thing that people are always complaining about is it's not very Star Trek-y. But you know what? They're they're adapting. They're modernizing. Just yeah. enjoy a good quality show. Yeah, you'll right? you'll you'll get into it. it. It does. It actually shifts uh, going into season two, and then at the end of season two, it changes again to what we're going to see in season three is very different than anything oh, we've yeah. seen before. Season one and two, the, the, the big tonal shift. Yeah. Uh, season one was all about Michael Burnham, and then season two is goes it more about more the, crew? the whole crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is how Star Trek's supposed to be done. Yeah. And they did a really good job. Season two, I think, was really, really, really well done. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, spoiler alert. We're throwing out there right now. Okay, so this jumps forward 930 years, which yes. is what we saw uh, Discovery jump forward. Yeah. And what's surprising to everybody is it's post-Federation. Yeah, so we didn't really, we assume, I assumed, you jumped pretty much a thousand years into the future. Federation is going to be huge. They're going to have another, you know, 20,000 planets that joined with them or whatever. They're going to be all over the place and, you know, wealthy and successful and powerful new technology. They'll welcome them in, you know, happily. But no, we find out in this trailer that 
Federation was just a fantasy from many years ago and it's yeah. been since destroyed and and forgotten almost. It makes sense because if you think like in our own history, like, oh yeah, there's not a lot of people that stole in the Persian Empire. You know? <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things that as time goes on, it changes. But the ideals of the Federation are worth saving. Yeah. So Michael Burnham amongst uh, uh, with others, looks like they're trying to reignite the Federation. They have a banner they lower in yeah. and it looks like they're going again. I'm really excited for that. Uh, is there anything you want to see out of this, this next season? If we see more of the Empress. I can't remember her name, but the Empress. She's one of my favorite characters. Uh, Philopia? Philippe. Yeah, but I think that might be the good version. Yeah, that's true. She's, yeah, the Terran Empress. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, they really did a good job at writing this to where it is, it is a full-on blank slate. It's no longer... Within the, I mean, you would think, okay, you know, you got to do this, but the timeline of, of Federation, certain technology and blah, blah, blah. No, it's completely post-Federation, so you have no parameters you have to stay within. Yeah, whole new game now. Uh, this is a huge diff- change in story from their modal, uh, uh, normal motif. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's almost like a reboot. Yeah. So, I mean, I've loved Star Trek in the past, but I kind of do hope they, they take this opportunity to change their patterns and and the way their their storytelling goes to just something unique that we see i mean if you want the same old thing you can i mean hopefully you know we assume picard's going to be the same old thing just new story yeah um and there's plenty of other star treks you could watch but hopefully this is just a different different story from from the beginning uh putting you on the on the point i'll edit this out if you want me to (laughs) that's right okay would there's a few shows I want to ask you about on this Westworld or not Westworld, uh, Westworld, um, Watchmen and stuff like that, but this one as well. Would you want to do a weekly recap like we do with Game of Thrones, but over Discord, so it's not like really hard? Oh yeah, a weekly recap of of Discovery. Oh yeah, heck yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so down. I can't wait. <laughs> we're calling it now. Uh, we'll do it over Discord again, so it's a lot easier, yeah, yeah, le- yeah. easier on us online. But uh, we'll re- we'll release a follow up recap of the show and what we think about it every week after that i'm we're, we're you guys heard behind the scenes right now this is I'm so damn cutting edge stuff right here it just determines whether or not i take notes while i'm watching or not <laughs> it, yeah oh man that's like uh in case you guys didn't know uh me and my mother and john's mother as well mm-hmm. uh do a uh survivor podcast called outlast podcast um that I, I love survivors but it's a whole different thing when you're sitting there writing notes <laughs> what like just a hundred percent while you're watching that show my hand afterwards is burnt up yeah if i do this podcast for another five more years it will give me arthritis as a uh, social game as much as it is what do you call that a uh survival no what are those that type of show things start up right away <laughs> <laughs> what's that kind of show like big big brother? reality show reality show there you go yeah. i imagine a reality show because it has so much dynamics and turns and twists and stuff that's you know you really gotta analyze each decision and stuff like that. It's got to be a lot to discuss in a podcast. You used to watch it when we were kids, oh, too. Yeah. I mean, Religiously, we, we, for the first like 10 years, it was on or something like that. So oh, it's in season 39, mm-hmm. and this is, this is my big brag, I guess. Season 39. Uh, and of all 39 seasons, except for the first season, we got in towards like the tail end and, of the first season. Yeah. But other than that, I've only missed maybe four episodes. Really? Of 39 seasons Even of Survivors. Even the slow seasons, like five years ago? I've watched all of them. I've watched every one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they're really good now. Yeah. Um, I stopped watching them for a while. <laughs> yeah. But if you wanted to get back into it, we could have you in on the other podcast every yeah. so often. I'm I did, sure I did, I did watch the first you. episode of the season. Yeah. But I need to get back into them. The, the drama starts early this season. It's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so uh, next up we're looking at, this is going to be a short one. It's just a 30-second uh, little trailer for the new short trek. Nice. Which is their like version of Black Mirror, <laughs> 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 essentially. Which can't complain. Here we go. 
All right, so that's the new short trick. That it's gonna be uh, Spock's first day, uh, basically his first day on the Enterprise. Any thoughts on that? It looks good. Uh, who who was that woman he was with? Uh, she's from the pilot episode of the original series, and I can't remember her name, but she is uh, basically Pike's number one. Okay. Before Kirk becomes the new captain and Spock becomes number one. Hmm. So uh, yeah. It's just, it's more of the Enterprise, which I think they really need to do a whole new series with the Enterprise. Yeah. Every Star Trek fan will tell you that. Give us more Pike, because he's played by Ensign Mount, and that's a guy from Hell on Wheels. He does such a fantastic job as Pike. Yeah. You, how would you think of Pike? I, I, he was great. I think if they had a little more starting momentum in Discovery, they could have gone probably another season with the formula they had prior before doing this time jump, mm-hmm. and that would have given them a really good traction to do a separate... Uh, uh, enterprise series um but still i think this this looks really good i mean i spock was a great character yeah it's kind of disappointing to lose him in the time jump and everything but it's great to show that they have him yeah back in this so. it's one thing so uh we had the the star trek convention in la or las vegas which is the big one mm-hmm. uh it was brought up many many times like when is when are we getting a pike focused show and then like twitter went crazy because it was the very <laughs> first question asked at yeah. the at the New York Comic Con, mm-hmm. was where is our Pike show? Park, Pike show, yeah. and uh, they're like, "Well, here's a short trick. We don't have one yet <laughs> yeah. for you." you know, we get you a little teaser. The hype is so behind it that there's, it's like, okay, we understand you guys got Discovery to kind of bring everybody in. We know you got Picard to kind of entice the old players, but your loyal fans have been watching Discovery and loves it, and you need to give us a Pike show because we have been loyal with you guys all time. We're demanding this now, mm-hmm. so you know what I'm saying they got to give us something too. Which we're happy with everything, of course. What's, what's changed in the last 20 years, do you think, that's made Star Trek fans uh, want more? Like, I mean, we used to be kind of satisfied with what was going oh, on. yeah. I mean, it was slow. We had, you know, a show came out, and then they had little kind of similar shows that weren't really Star Trek or whatever, but... I think what happened is two things. First off, we got spoiled. We have so much good content out there. I can go on Netflix and like just pick something at random. Solid chance it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. And the second thing is we had a huge Star Trek content drought. Yeah. After Voyager and Enterprise, at God awful Enterprise, yeah, uh, we had so long without anything because of how bad Enterprise was, and then it kind of trickled back in with those new movies, and those mm-hmm. new movies showed us a new way to appreciate Star so Trek. That's what you think it was—is the new movies just yeah. kind of reignited people? It brought interest. in a lot of new fans. It did upset a lot of the old fans. Yeah, but they need to just kind of open up a little bit. As an old fan, I'm saying you guys need to kind of open up a little yeah. bit and enjoy. If it. you want your kids to enjoy a world of Star Trek, yeah, then you need to be open to their their world is going to be a little bit different than yours. Think of the broad strokes that you really love. These mm-hmm. complex sci-fi ideas, mm-hmm. these this idea of a better society and a better yeah. morality. Those all still exist within the show. Yeah. Teaching good lessons through the the scope of yeah. a future, a future of of fantasy that can be, you know, what we should strive for. Yeah. Uh, next up from NYCC, we have is they announced a new Wolverine comic book coming out. So I don't know if you know this or not, but they basically rebooted X Men. Yeah. In the comic book world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I haven't read them yet because there's so many good comic books out right now. And we're doing the comic book club, which really just booked up my entire comic book reading schedule. I kind of wish there was like a map or a breakdown, like somebody who just had a, a, a organized, visible structure of who's releasing what comic book series at what time and when and what's I'll in have it. to show you some websites that I use because every Wednesday there's... we release like our picks for what you should be reading this week. Yeah. And a big and push how, to go to your local comic book show, how store. How many issues are out of that series? Because there's just so many yeah, out of ones. And... Right now I'm reading Loki, which is this like new series. It's a mini series that I'm hoping carries on. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. That shows Loki is like just awesome. I mean, he's yeah. just like kind of hanging out and he's like, man, it's, it's really, it's, it's really cool. I got the first issue of the discovery series. So I want to, oh, yeah. I want to keep up with that. I want to, you know, make that a regular thing, but 
other than that, it's just too much out there to really get, get a grasp of. Yeah. And other comic book news, we have a new Guardians of the Galaxy coming uh, comic book. And this one's uh, brought by, the art is by uh, Juan Cabal. He does a lot of Spider-Mans. Mm. And then we have Al Ewig doing the story. He does, He's currently the one doing Incredible Hulk, uh, which is, both have been pretty successful. Uh, big news from the comic world is we're getting the mainline story, or Star Wars coming in. This is something that existed back in the day where like, okay, so we have like Vader's Castle, which is a really, really good Star Wars story, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like Star Wars. This is... The new series coming out is straight up Star Wars. Like that's the title of it. Yeah. And it will take place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Hmm. Fantastic time to explore. Yeah. We have a lot of our classics in there. Um, this one will be written by Charles Soule. Uh, he's a veteran of Star Wars. He does other comic books as well, but he's like really the one that wrote a lot of the extended universe, really good Star Wars comics. So that's, that's pretty amazing. Hmm. Uh, art is by uh, Jesus Sayas. Uh, who is doing the Doctor Strange right now. Doctor Strange rebooted, I think, 2017, maybe 2017 or 2018. Yeah. But it's beautiful comics. They've done a really good job with that as well. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, I know for comic book-wise, we also got, uh, there's going to be putting out a new Thor. Thor's getting rebooted. Stuff like that. So it's always kind of nice that every five years for the new comic band fans to jump on. And if you're uh, an existing comic book fan, to kind of see, okay, well, let's see what a new writer thinks on this situation. Mm -hmm. Because the stories do kind of get outlandish or repetitive. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to get somebody else's and opinion. And it's nice to get the same same kind of story or same character that you liked before. Like, I mean, like we were talking about Joker. We like to see the new version of Joker. Yeah. But uh, to see the same kind of story rewritten from just a different perspective. Because maybe, maybe you really liked another character, uh, but you want to see you know someone else's take on it. Then it's nice to see it reboot. Sometimes, yeah, you'll get upset or offended if you really loved the way it was before but uh every once in a while you, you want to see a, a different perspective of it yeah you never know you could get a heath ledger joker out of it you never exactly and just know that there's a lot of other content coming your way i mean you, you'll you'll find something that you like out there comic books is so amazing you'll find something yeah. or you could just read go back and read a classic like we're doing with the cbc yeah. we've had so much positive um feedback on people excited for cbc that it now makes me really worried <laughs> like, right. we have to nail oh, this crap. guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah our first one is uh watchmen which i'll be doing the the review for that yeah and uh, that'll be next week i think you know what we should offer we capture? if any of our fans are you know reading a certain comic series and they want to just send us a their you know recording of their review of it Ooh. we should publish that kind of stuff we will put that out there that'd be great yeah. if, if not yeah so if you do that's a good idea so if there's a comic book series you're reading right now that you really want to suggest to people mm -hmm. if you record a two-minute little review about it we'll make sure it's in the episode yeah that's a really really good idea because that's one thing every wednesday well except for this last wednesday because i was a slacker but every wednesday <laughs> we put out a post with some of the comic books that i suggest people get usually one of those i'm definitely buying yeah. and um and then we'll always push for people to go to their local comic book shop yeah. and support our geek havens because same thing with game stops or video game stores growing up being a geek wasn't necessarily like popular Right yeah. nowadays, I think it's a lot easier than it was back then. Nowadays, even the, being a geek is like a, there's a a trend to it, but it's not. I don't think it's real geeks. There's people who are just right. kind of buying into the the stereotype. That's a good point. Yeah. But you used to be able to go to your comic book shop, go to your GameStop, go to your, where they sell Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. Uh, or, or when I was in high school, we had a Pokemon club where we played Pokemon cards yeah. and played Pokemon mm -hmm. uh, on our Game Boys. And uh, how old am if, I? If you had a cool math teacher, he would let you come and play. play. Science teacher for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let you go play in his class during lunch. Dude. Okay. You had one too then. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, oh yeah, you guys are in the cafeteria. I'm in Mr. Bronson's class. Right? <laughs> but yeah, so so these places where we used to be able to go, we felt 
you know, normal because everybody else was there the same way. Yeah. Well, yeah. nowadays everybody's buying their stuff on Amazon and stuff like that. Well, these these geek havens is what we, we've been calling them. Yeah. Uh, they're struggling because mm-hmm. you know that's how the times are. So every Wednesday, if you guys were to go out or just random Wednesdays, go out for three ninety nine, you buy one comic book. Yeah. That keeps those lights on. So yeah. you guys go out there. And help support, support us. Buy a Coke support or whatever. Them. Just go there and hang out at their shop and you oh know, my God, keep yeah. the place open. These guys, they, they generally read every comic book. So you could pick their brain and just get some amazing details. Yeah. There are times where I go and I'll buy a comic book, but I mean, I spend like an hour there just bullshit about Green Lantern. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and then, the last time was all about They're Green reading comic books because they're fans, but they're also trying to study so that they can give you that intel so that you want to come back to their yeah. business and help pay their mortgage and keep their business open. So yeah. support them. Keep them, keep them there. If, if you, you don't, they're going to close and you're not going to have a resource that knows about what comics are coming out. So yeah. You know, go support your local comic store. For us, our two big comic... We have a third one that we... They, they're they starting to support more Yu-Gi-Oh! It's cards and comics in Elkgrave. They're starting to support more Yu-Gi-Oh! cards. Yeah. No, not so much comics. They don't carry any Lokis. Oh, no. <laughs> Anyways, but uh, if you're in the Lodi area, so Northern California, if you're in the Lodi area, there's yeah. um, Launchpad Comics, fantastic yeah. shop. The owner is super knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Very, very good job. Uh, and they do have like a loyalty program where you can get a free comic. We're kind of like off track a little bit here, but that's okay. <laughs> and then if you're in Sacramento area, the much bigger place, I can't suggest Oblivion Comics enough. Yeah. It's a coffee shop and a comic book shop. They do uh, special toasts, right? They do really, yeah, they do yeah. like avocado toasts, real special ones that are like, oh, this one's flash themed. Peanut butter Cheerios toast or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And But while you're there, you could actually sit in the part of the coffee shop that's in the middle of a, of a comic book store. Yeah. And uh, again, really good. Uh, our friends over at Hardly Heroes are big over there. They yeah. have some sponsorship over there but we're really big supporters of them as well yeah they seem um, very knowledgeable too they are they are they very knowledgeable you, like, yeah. I remember they were helping us kind of figure out like hey you know if I'm trying to get into a new series what's going on right now that I could totally jump in on yeah so check them out uh, we're going to be announcing later on there's a convention that we're going to be doing and uh, during that convention we're going to go ahead and after the convention sneak away and check out Oblivion Comics so you guys can follow us there if you guys are in town but we'll get into that later on uh, okay, so let's go ahead and go to the next part here. Uh, we have a Lost in Space Season 2 trailer, and that's releasing Christmas Eve, December 24th of this year. Uh, Lost in Space Season 2, I'm pretty excited about this because I didn't... Okay, so the first season, I didn't care for the beginning, but I liked it as time goes on. Yeah. What did you think of Lost in Space? Are you excited for I, Season 2? I know I liked it all. I can't remember, though, where we left off at the end of it. The robot is missing, and they're, like, lost literally in space again. They're not on the... Um, they're not on that planet anymore. They were they were doing something to try to get back to their space station, right? Through that wormhole. Right. Yeah. And they ended up. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So I I really liked it. There was that whole um, issue with the deceit from the the yeah one the, woman. Chick. I can't remember. She's like a scientist that's like lying to him, doctor or something. Yeah, she's lying, pretending remember. she was a scientist. She was escaped during the evacuation and everything, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good show. It's it's not like the best show. It's kind of a little corny. It's it's a little family friendly. Yeah, yeah, and a little surface. Everything that's going on is just right there at the surface. But it's yeah. it's really cool. It's good to watch, especially yeah, if you got kids and you want to watch a sci fi show together with exactly. your family. It's perfect. Yeah, right down. That I think alley. it has a little bit for everybody. And yeah. uh, the acting is cheesy in the beginning, but I think they get better over time. Yeah, the mom is from Deadwood. I really like it from Deadwood. So. Yeah, I think the show as a whole gets better with a little time. Like, it definitely like does. The first half of the season of season one, or you know, it kind of kind of finds its rhythm after yeah. a while. So. so let's watch the trailer for season two. Oh. Okay, so that's our trailer for season two. Uh, what did you think of that? 
visually stunning. I yeah. think they're doing, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm used to the old stuff and I don't know what's new in, in TV and movies or something, but this stuff just looks so clean, so well done. It's exciting. Over the last 10 years, CGI has gotten much cheaper. Yeah. It's still not cheap, but it's gotten far more, you know, cheaper. Yeah. Um, more affordable. And I, I like the have a little more element of fear in the show. It looks like, yeah. you know, there's a monster out there. They're trying to figure out where the, the robot went. So they're following clues and um, like there's more more challenges. It didn't seem like the last season had too much. I mean, there was challenges. There was the, yeah, the crazy so. villain, but um, it, it it looks exciting for sure. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think it just looks really good. Uh, I hope the story continues to get deeper and deeper. One thing I noticed is that the kids are older. <laughs> so yeah. it's been like two years since they did the last one. Uh, the kids are down, bound to age. So I wonder if they're going to address it in the show. I'd assume they would. Yeah. It'd probably, yeah, forward, fast forward a couple years or a, a year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because even the robot has rust on them now. Yeah. So there's, they have to address that. I like how it, it looks like because this show has been successful in the previous season that they're deciding to go ahead and put a little more money into it, a little more funding. And that's why like the where they showed like a space whale, uh, yeah. kind of thing. So you can, you can definitely see they're investing in quality CGI and making it look crisp. And I hope that means, you know, we can see more seasons to come too, not just, you know, one and two, but maybe five seasons or something like that. Out of the even, show. even within season one, the first episode was garbage. Like it was <laughs> such bad CGI, yeah. but as the show went on, it got better there too yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, it looks like they're really throwing in some you, cash. You've pointed out to me before too certain scenes where they make sure not to show certain angles because it would show something else or more, right? More, you know, the space or whatever that would cost a lot more. So stuff that they can easily do with practical effects, they would they would show that way. So for what what he's talking about is in the first episode, it's basically a girl gets stuck in the ice mm-hmm. after they crash on the planet, and so you first get you do get a nice shot of them crashing on the planet. Yeah. But then majority of that show is done. In that one frozen on pond, yeah. yeah, in that ice, and then from different angles within that part, and then in a forest. Like, that's the two shots you really get yeah. for the rest of the episode. But that's the pilot episode that needs to be as cost-effective as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's understandable, but yeah, it is one of those things where it's like, uh. Okay, so uh, next up, we're going to be going, we're checking out, they had a new sp- uh, Snowpiercer mm. uh, series trailer. Uh, so, yeah. It's a series? Yeah. Oh, I didn't get that before. I thought it was just a Snowpiercer too. I thought it was just gonna be another movie. No, no, no. It's a new series. Oh my god, who's who's making Prequel. it? Who's making it's it? It's on TNT. And okay, so to give you guys, you remember that Alien show on TNT that was pretty good, and then it got real, real bad. With the one that could flip through the books, or is that Nickelodeon? No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, aliens attack, and it's got the guy that's like the librarian. That uh, oh boy, Falling Skies. Oh, Falling Skies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. that it, so think of that quality. Is that, that was TNT? That's TNT. Oh, wow. So, this so hopefully one... it gets bought out by somebody better. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, So cool. they released a new trailer. So the trick is they released this little short trailer that's mostly animated. That's okay for NYCC. What's up? Maybe, hopefully this will be the AMC's Walking Dead. Because AMC I'm was... very down with that. AMC was nothing before Walking Dead came out. And I think this one, again, it feeds into budget-friendly. We'll talk about that afterwards. Yes. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to watch the short one. They came out in NYCC, and then we're going to watch one that they apparently released here in San Diego Comic-Con. We may have reviewed it on this podcast. I just don't remember doing <laughs> nice. that. Right. So I'm not sure. That night that we did the San Diego Comic-Con review, I drove to I drove an hour away to Squeak's house mm-hmm. and was there till like midnight watching trailers with him and recording. Oh, my God. So I don't remember most of the yeah, <laughs> episode. Right. It was like, so tired. I'm not sure how I got home. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, not really. And so uh, let's take a look at it and see what we have here. 
All right, John. What did you think about the Snowpiercer trailers? God, that looked amazing. <laughs> I need to stop being so positive with so much stuff I see. I, me too, man. It's, it's hard not to get excited, but they do a good job. I feel like it's uh, marketing. They're pretty good. Well, of at, course. It's all the good cuts. Yeah. yeah. They know how to aim at what we like, but that looks cool. That looks clean. That looks like it's going to it's gonna inspire pop culture movements in the future. I think like, so. Like the movie did. So what we just watched was the NYCC, which is an animated moving to li- live action. And then we watched the uh, San Diego Comic-Con version as well yeah. uh, as a follow-up. So uh, I, I think the animated one will probably be used in the show. And it's a good way of kind of cutting budget mm-hmm. and showing like, this is what yeah. happened to the world and stuff like that. They don't have to yeah. actually like CGI that in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, okay, budget-wise, this show is perfect because other than the wide shots where you see the train moving through snow yeah. for the CGI shots, we probably it's need all- like one an episode, not very long. Yeah. All of it can be on set in in, in a room. Every set is like 10 by 30. Yeah. You don't ever have to be bigger you, than that. Yeah. You could operate your entire show off of maybe five train cars. Yeah. <laughs> and you just keep repeating that like, hey, we need this one to look like a daycare. So you just like move some desks in and stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah. But it's again, all the same size. You don't ever have to change that. So it really budget wise is great. Yeah. Now this, I had originally thought this was a prequel, but this looks like it might be just a retelling. I mean, it, it it could be a prequel, right? I don't remember how many years the one that we... This one was six movie. years later. Uh, yeah, but I'm not sure about the original one. And but from what I've seen, it looks like it might just be retelling because okay. it looks like it's the same kind of events going in order. Yeah. I really like this actor too. He's from Kimmy Schmidt, but I don't remember what else he's in. Yeah. I don't remember even... I'm, I'm terrible at uh, reviewing, I guess, but I don't remember from the first movie what the timeline was. Yeah, uh, I want to say it was like three hundred years later. I thought. No, 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 no. It was. It definitely was not that long. God, I don't think it was. Now, now maybe I, I'm wrong. But I thought I, it was a lot of like a long time in the future that train just been chugging and chugging. It may be, but I don't think it was that long. That seems crazy. Yeah. I don't know, but it, to me, it looks really good. Uh, it looks like they're they're putting a lot of money into this one. Hopeful, hopefully, hoping for the best. Yeah. And uh, it's a it's an awesome concept too. Like you cannot flop. Like there's very there's a lot of ways to do this right. I imagine because yeah. you have such a blank slate and a very cool, interesting, controversial concept that anybody can you know fantasize about different ways right, of making it right. work. So I I think it leaves a lot for them to work with. So I think they'll I'm I mean, sure they'll do a great job. Look with at it. Joker. Look at all the things we're getting nowadays. Poor versus rich is a very common theme. Yeah, it's clearly ringing true to people. Yeah, and you see that in this in this trailer that that's a big. Uh, factor and it is some people on the train are at a three thousand you know a handful are living comfortable and wealthy and whatever they want and the others are suffering and serving and dying and yeah so that's it's going to be an uprising more or less definitely next up we're going to be looking at the trailer for the new walking dead series All right, we just watched Walking Dead Universe. Jalen, thoughts? Um, it looks interesting. It looks like uh, they're they're definitely making a a shift, a change in gears. They're not sticking with the traditional. Yeah, Walking I think Dead this is a whole new thing within the Walking Dead universe. It's literally called Walking Dead Universe, from yeah. what we can tell. Uh, I think that's the idea: is that they're making like a different genre within their own universe yeah. so we see that they're they're building up this new hero the girl's talking about her dad and the future that he's trying to forge and stuff like that yeah um and i noticed that each of the characters when they're walking uh, i specifically see and maybe it was made for eye candy 
uh, <laughs> or at least it interested me. One of the kids has a giant uh, crescent wrench. A giant wrench yeah. is his weapon, and it's like four feet long. And you know, imagine it's an industrial, you know, putting Head together bridges and stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, but that seeing that and then noticing the other characters, I realized it looks like they're very well uh, planning or whatever uh, made up for a video game. Like oh yeah, the yeah. way they're each super unique and they have different different weapons and different you know gear and everything. I was thinking like, man, that'd be kind of cool if they. I mean, it it kind of looks like they're trying to make this more of a teen. Yeah, definitely focus on the youth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kids yeah. surviving in the future and stuff. So maybe that's what it is that they're trying to draw on the next generation. Walking Dead was cool for people our age, but now they're trying to get you know the younger teens of yeah. the next generation into it. Um, but it's all about it's about survival, but not just surviving these hordes of zombies because they've been through that it's about uh it looks like it's about rebuilding society and what that means and how to get back to the level of technology and sophistication they used to have or we used to have um so it it looks good i mean i I do think for i don't think it's really made necessarily for us but think for the younger generations it'll it'll hopefully ring true yeah i don't think it's because me looks real dumb i'm (laughs) I'm not a big fan of it Yeah. yeah i think it's way too much teen drama well, yeah. I mean, I'm it's, I'm not know. a fan. I don't I don't watch the Arrowverse. Next episode of the podcast, <laughs> we're gonna do a deep dive on the Arrowverse to recap so you guys can catch up with me. Oh god, we all watch it together, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it just it feels okay. Yeah, very Arrowverse. I guess. Yeah, not not too great. Yeah. Uh, on to the main like Walking Dead line though. Maggie is coming back for the next season. Walking Deadline. Nice. I like it. Uh, and uh, they did confirm that season eleven is going to be happening so we're getting nice. more of the main story and again that has gotten way better after they did time jump it, it has fixed a lot of the show when did the, the time jump was in this just last last season the last season okay. i said su- i can't suggest it enough it helped the show tremendously negan killed the show for me i could not watch past the first couple episodes yeah. with negan and yet. negan still exists but his transformation i think is notable uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like his new role they should have just decapitated i am one of those guys though like if i find something i like i'll end up loving it yeah because i end up investing time and I, I grow to love it so just Bear with me on that. Um, the next thing for DC Universe, they're getting this thing called Bizarro TV, and it's where they're going to be shooting. They're going to be doing like animated live action and puppets of all their like weirdest stories, weirdest um, characters, and stuff like that. Uh, I don't like puppets. Right. Get that out there. Which yeah. I tried to watch Our it Darkest out. Crystal. Dark Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> that was horrible. Uh, we actually got some positive feedback on that. But yeah. <laughs> Hopefully nobody watched it after listening to us. I just, yeah, I still got it. It's on my Netflix list. I'll get to it, guys. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, it's basically where they're going to be doing all the crazy stuff. And the more content you could put out there, the better to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even if it's in the form of puppets, which I get, it's cheap. Hopefully it's cheaper than cartoon. I don't know. Um, I think it's just for a different medium. Yeah. Just try something new out. Get it all out there and see what people really vibe with because there's so much that we don't know that we're going to fall in love with. So yeah, right. get, get all the stories out there. Maybe you'll tell a story in cartoon that we're that the audience will just shout out. No, we want to see a live action version of that. Make a yeah. movie of it now. Awesome. Let's make a movie of it. You know, take that feedback as long as, you know, if you're putting it all out there, just know, you know, people might like it, but not want to see it stay where it is. You know, put those out there as feelers. If you're yeah. going to spread out a lot of content at once. Um, that's, that's good. It's exciting. Yeah. I, I think it would be really cool if this was ended up being like a, um, tales from the crypt kind of thing where like bizarro himself, oh, the Superman yeah. villain yeah. would come in and be like, 
you know, talking the way he does, like this week we look at, you know, yeah. some crazy thing. Like he's talking hella funny. And then we get like a story about some unique thing. And like that would be the puppet thing would be like from his point of view almost. Yeah. Because he's crazy. That'd be, I, I never thought about how they still haven't made a Bizarro Superman in any of the movies. I like Bizarro like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That'd he's, be kind of cool. The animated though. series is fantastic. I mean, they did a really good job with Joker. Maybe next step. Could you see a Bizarro? A bizarre uh, only DC movie. Black. Oh, that'd be so good. I, I can't even imagine how that would look. It would focus just on him as a person, not even barely. It would be him trying to do good and trying to make Krypton yeah. again. And he, he would see Superman as the the hero that he wants to be like, trying to strive to be like his twin brother or whatever it is, you know. And man, never really being able to achieve it until he finds his you know swan dance where he embraces that I'm not meant it's to be so, good I'm meant to be evil yeah in the animated series when he talks the way he talks like you just want to give him a hug yeah. like it's gonna be okay bizarre yeah oh man I love that show okay <laughs> <laughs> we're also getting a Harley Quinn animated series that uh, got announced for November 29th oh, that'd be cool. so that'd be pretty cool yeah. uh, they're really baking on her they have the Did, birds of prey does it so when they say a Harley Quinn series, there's going to be no Joker in it? Is it supposed to be pre-Joker, post-Joker? It's probably post-Joker because like in the Harley, that we have a new uh, movie coming out called The Birds yeah. of Prey, which is her... Um, With a bunch of other female villains. Right. It looks and, good. But. Yeah, yeah, I'll check it out. And uh, the idea is that, yeah, she doesn't need Joker anymore. Yeah. Uh, I'm, she never needed Harley Joker. Harley Quinn is but... a selling point. Like, Harley Quinn's just moving... moving you just, they're push, she's putting butts in the seats. Yeah. Butts in the seats. Yeah, <laughs> um, right so they're gonna make as much money as they can off of her. Yeah. Next up, uh, we've already seen this trailer before, Joker. But let's watch it again so we can review it. But this is the Kingsman, which is the Kingsman. Mm. Uh, yeah. This is from NYCC as well. So let's check that out. So that is The King's Man. Uh, obviously, it's a prequel to Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't seen any Kingsman before, right? I haven't. Uh, okay. No. And I'm a total fangirl over this, <laughs> this franchise. Uh, yeah. Uh, what did you think of this trailer? That looks awesome. I mean, it looks like uh, 007 pushed back in, you know, older times. but When he was good. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, without having, like, a car that shoots rockets and stuff like that. But, yeah, it looks... But it's funny that you bring that up is... Uh, Kingsman compared to 007. 007 nowadays has become more grounded and realistic and stuff like that. It's all about like cyber terrorism and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When Kingsman's like, yeah, yeah, but you guys remember in the 70s when like he had exploding watches? Yeah. Let's bring that back. And so <laughs> nice. it is a lot of that old 007 that everybody fell in love with that we're now, we're still enjoying. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of nice to kind of get a reminder of like, Things were wackadoo back in the day. Yeah, because that, that time frame is like 1800s, right? This one is, but the normal Kingsmen are modern day. Oh, oh okay. So yeah, this is a prequel to them. This gotcha. is like the initial start of Kingsman. Yeah, World War One time. Yeah, that's why it's like, instead of Kingsman, it's called Kingsman. Yeah. It's a little different. So, um, uh, before like the Kingsman group was fully formed or something like right. that. Right. Uh, so I would love to see more sequels of Kingsman, and mm-hmm. I want to see ke- sequels of this, and I haven't even seen this one yet. Yeah. This is coming out February 14th, like I told you before. This is my hol- This is my <laughs> Valentine's, Valentine's Day plans. one. If I have a date that day, I'll get two seats, but that's it. <laughs> we're watching go. this movie. And then hopefully she's down to just like go to a restaurant and talk about the movie for the night. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait for this movie. I'm really excited for these these movies. Uh, we'll do a review for them. I know we try to make sure we're like geek-oriented, but like horror films we tend to do reviews for as well yeah, yeah. because we notice that the listeners participate more. They, they participate as well in horror films and some action movies like John Wick. Everybody liked the John Wick movie, yeah. uh, you know, listenership. So we try to address what you guys like. So that's one of the things. Uh, some other big announcements from NYCC is we have a spinoff for Big Mouth. 
Uh, this one's going to be called Human Resources, and it's all about the professional life of the monsters. So if you guys have seen Big Mouth... The TV show? Yeah. Oh, okay, you know, yeah. The Big I, Mouth the TV I've show? I've seen it. I don't really care for it, but I've seen okay. it. Okay. So you know the monsters in there, the puberty monsters? Yeah. So they're getting their own like professional, like The Office, essentially. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, let's see, what else we have? I think that's basically it for NYCC. I think everything else is regular big news. Yeah. So that's basically it for NYCC, guys. Uh, hopefully you guys, you know... Follow up and watch the trailers. We're gonna have all the trailers on our website. That's what I'm trying to get out. Nice. It's all the websites. So all the, tra- the trailers will be on our website, and you guys can check those out and binge them. Uh, and next up, we're gonna be going over a couple bits of news, and then that'll be it for this very long episode. <laughs> and uh, that—that's what we're gonna do next. All right. So last bit, let's go over a, a couple pieces of news. We've been gone for a little bit because of the launch of Outlast Podcast Season Three. Nice. Uh, that took up a lot of my time, so we went ahead and took a week off. But of course, every time we take a week off or we're scheduled, Spider Man comes up with some news. <laughs> so uh, let's let's talk about the Spider Man news first. Uh, let's see where are we at here. There we go. Uh, he's gonna be in the MCU for a little bit longer. Yeah. So to me, this kind of sounded like, um, and I don't want to get political at all. But like funding our government, this is very temporary, right? They sound. Was it only three movies they agreed that he can stay in the MCU for? Two movies, from what I've seen. Two. I've heard people say three, but I've heard two. I have down notes for two. Okay, so yeah, it's very limited. So we're gonna get back to the same debates and issue, you know, fighting about it. In, right after a couple. Well, of I think movies. they'll have the ability to phase him out. So here's a, here's a statement from Kevin Feige himself, the man who's running Marvel. Uh, the MCU. So he says, I am thrilled that Spidey's journey in the MCU will continue. I and all of us at the Marvel Studios are very excited that we get to keep working on it, says Marvel Studio co-president Kevin Feige, according to Variety. So this is an interview with Variety. Spider-Man is a powerful icon and a hero whose story crosses all ages and audiences around the world, around the globe. He also happens to be the only superhero, this is important, only hero with superpower to cross the superpower to cross cinematic universes. So as Sony continues development of their own Spideyverse, uh, Spideyverse, you never know what surprises might hold. So yeah, it's a little bit of janky mess uh, the way he said that. But essentially, he's saying that they're going to continue doing their Spideyverse thing. We're just going to borrow him for... We're going to... So the deal is that they're going to make the next Spider-Man Homecoming movie. Mm-hmm. They, they, they promise to do that. And Spider-Man is going to be the next... One of the next... MCU movie. So I bet the next Avengers. Okay. Like, why not use them for the big dog? Yeah. So I think that's great because we've, we finally, it took a long time, but we finally kind of dialed in a really good Spider-Man. Everybody want to lose him. Yeah, exactly. Everybody seems to love him. Why, yeah. why rip him away from the fans? If, I know you guys want to make a ton of money on it. Sure. I get that, but make a ton of money together, make peace, whatever it takes, keep the fans on board if you rip him apart and, you know, you get a different actor because of rights or something Please like that. Don't. I love me some Tom Holland. Yeah. If, if you guys mess it all up, then you're going to lose your fans. You're yeah. going to have a crappy new Spider-Man and a different story and nobody's going to go buy his costumes or whatever merch you're selling because they're just going to be pissed off that you ruined Spider-Man. Exactly. So exactly. don't make us vengeful. Just keep doing what you're doing. So this new deal gives us one new Spider-Man movie made by cinematic universe guys and uh one more mcu movie that has spider-man visiting them so that'll probably be avengers if they're going to save it yeah uh in the deal marvel now gets 25 percent of the profits from the spider-man movie so that's kind of the big change in this yeah. is sony's willing to give up 25 percent of the profits which way to go sony yeah. for, be, for stepping up on that yeah for being the bigger people the superhero in all this is 
Tom Holland himself. Yeah. So let me explain what the guy did. Yeah. He's such a freaking badass. I love him. He repeatedly got a hold of um, Eisner and the other guy that's in charge of Sony. He got a hold of the CEOs. Rumors are he even cried. Really? And would plead to them, please, guys, come back to the table. Let's work this out. Yeah. Let's get Spider-Man back in the MCU where he belongs. And would plead with both companies back and forth until finally they came back to the table. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Tom Holland himself made this happen, guys. Wow. Go out there and support your Spidey. Seriously. I mean, what a badass. I mean, is there like a GoFundMe to just help him and not the rest of these assholes who are trying to I, tear honestly, him apart? Yeah, right? I'm like, so he's going to be in the Uncharted movie, I think. So Uncharted is a lot like, if you're not, I know you're not familiar with that, but it's like, yeah. it's a PlayStation game, but it's essentially mm-hmm. an Indiana Jones type game, you know, gotcha. kind of a Tomb Raider kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be the new version of that. But I want him and. In more things, him and Chris Pratt are working together in a new animated Pixar movie, but I want him and Chris Pratt to play in like action. a yeah. bunch of stuff. <laughs> Dude, that's a great duo. Yeah, it really is. Oh, Just want those two to like become my neighbors. Uh, they're really cool. And uh, uh, the Tom Holland going to both CEOs, that was according to Hollywood Reporter, which is also a very good resource. You guys check them out. But yeah, so the new Spider-Man movie coming out July 16th of 2021. That's what we're looking forward to. July 16th. They really nailed that to a specific date. Oh, you should. They have the next four years planned every time. What the? They know the day things are coming out. They'll budge sometimes if like something happened. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, they had to move back because of uh, problems. Yeah. I I always hear like, oh, they pushed it back. Why did they set that date? If they pushed it back, oh, yeah, they set that date three years in advance. That's why. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty generous. Uh, Next up, Activision. This is what Squeaks has been going crazy all morning because Squeaks didn't hear about this and then he couldn't come to the recording today. Yeah. But I texted him about it to get his opinion and he's just been like crazy. Off the chains. Activision Blizzard says that Smash Brothers can use any of their Overwatch characters for Smash Brothers. Wow. How many is that? 31, I think there is. 31 or 32. That's insane. Some amazing characters. Uh, Kaplan, who's the guy who's in charge of of Overwatch, he says that he thinks uh, Tracer or Doomfist would be really good for this. Uh, squeaks. I text him like, "Who do you want?" And he says, "Doomfist." We gotta have to see Doomfist. Doomfist is this guy that has like an infinity infinity gauntlet level thing, yeah. and says in like does these big punches and combo moves, yeah. and he's able to like shoot from the gun. It's it's just really cool moves. Um, and he's essentially Terry Crews. Think of Terry Crews from from <laughs> Brooklyn Nine Nine. That's who he is. Yeah. Um, they actually planned on him being the voice, but there were some problems. Yeah. And so yeah, I would think I think Trace would be really good. There's so many really good places. And yeah. Winston, he's this big gorilla who's like super smart. Would be fantastic for over uh, for Smash Brothers. I'm just excited that Smash Brothers is reaching out and trying to draw in more characters. That's cool. And what's really neat is it's Blizzard that's coming out like, come on, guys, you guys are welcome to use them. Like, you never see that. Yeah. You never see a company that's like, hey, yeah, you guys can use our property. Like, I mean, that's I would nuts. Even, even if they wanted to, if this was, um, uh, what do you call that? Like in in game buy stuff. What do you call that? Yeah, yeah, like microtransactions. Yeah. If it was that kind of stuff to say, you know, we want uh, it 10, would be 10 percent, 20. 20%, whatever, a small commission yeah. on that specific character when they buy it, the skin or whatever it is for it. But then open it up to everybody who has a character they want to see in because it's a cross, it's a cross We're getting promotion. so much of that now because we have Smash, we have a Sonic in there now, we have a Snake from Metal Gear Solid, stuff yeah. like that. If you have like a Pokemon character, you know, well, other Pokemon characters. <laughs> I started, you have yeah. a lot of them in there, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Star Wars characters. I can see like, like some that. Lego characters and stuff yeah. like that. What, yeah, really, really, if you wanted to, if, I mean, if Disney were to get involved, then you yeah. can get all the Disney characters in there. But whoever wants to, to get more. It can get crazy. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. It could be. Yeah. It's already want, so many. <laughs> if you want to get more attention to your characters, put them in that. You, you know, offer a small exchange of 10%, 20% off of the... Uh, the commission for the purchase and cool your your character's getting a lot more attention yeah 
Especially if you have a new movie or something like that coming out and you can change your character to have a, a new skin that reflects what's coming out, then even better. You're just it's it's a lot of free attention. I think it would be really cool. Yeah, I'd, I, it would be Brothers. just awesome. I want to see more characters as Smash Brothers fans. So whatever it takes to convince them to. I know, and I'm a big it. Overwatch fan. It's Smash as well, but big Overwatch fan, so I'm all on board for this. Uh, next up, this is kind of an older news, but I think we should be talking about it. Jurassic World Three is bringing back Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, the original three from the original Jurassic wow. Park. Yeah, that's crazy. Fans back together. Does it say what their what their job is? What they're doing? I don't, they're going to be playing their characters again. Like it's Doctor Grant. It, it's not a reboot though, right? It's number no, three. No, it's, it's number three, but they're coming. They're all older now, and they're oh, coming yeah. back in. I really love Sam Neill and Peaky Blinders. I keep pushing Peaky Blinders on you. Yeah, yeah, he's in in Peaky Blinders. So what we saw in the last movie was that insane abomination they created, which is yeah. really cool. Um, break free, but it wasn't on the island anymore, right? It wasn't on in no, uh, in America. They, they brought it to the mainland, and then like there's this rich guy that was auctioning them off to yeah. rich people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. eventually they got shipped everywhere. And now there's a short. Actually, I don't think I've told you about this. It's like Battle of Something, oh, where sorry. it's so freaking good, and it's just a short that they release for free. Yeah, these guys are camping, and you can tell it's like the settlement of like a lot of people. It reminds me of like in Independence Day, the original one, where there's all those people that are camping together now. These guys are there, and all of a sudden, like a tri- I don't remember their dinosaurs. Don't get me wrong. A triceratops come to the camp, and they're all hiding into their RVs and stuff like that. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, okay. Oh no, it's a, it's an herbivore. We're okay." And then a T Rex comes in and starts fighting it, and but this whole family is like trying to hide. And then like the kids, one of the babies are crying, so the T Rex sees that they're in an RV, so he starts destroying the RV to get to them. Yeah. But it's like life in the world now that dinosaurs are starting to breed oh, and spread. Yeah. So we could be getting that now. If they're not going to release that short, unless that's something that's happening. That's really cool to imagine a post-apocalyptic world. Where the apocalypse was dinosaurs returning. I think to that Earth. might be what's happening now. That is a cool because one thing concept. people always like. Oh, Fallen Kingdom. You know that everybody's down on Jurassic World, but Fallen yeah. Kingdom was quite good, I think. I and mean, a lot of the directing was done in a horror type. We've talked about that. Yeah, yeah, that was really, really clean. But to be honest, if dinosaurs were an issue, the numbers versus how many rockets we have on <laughs> our, yeah, I'm pretty sure we as humans would be able to take them out. Yeah, yeah, but. Then again, I mean, there's a lot of places they could hide and just continue to breed, and we would probably kill each other with nukes eventually. So, if, at some point, they could just come back and kill us all. <laughs> so I, I'll, have to, I'll have to show you that short after this. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's really, really sounds lovely. really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have we have the band back together. Pretty excited about that. Hopefully, it goes well. Uh, other big news: Kevin Feige's getting his own Star Wars movie. These are all kind of older stuff, but Kevin Feige's getting his own Star Wars movie. The guy that basically makes Marvel, Marvel, yeah, is getting his own Star Wars movie. That's pretty awesome. This, it, it is awesome. I'm a little worried because it's good for Star Wars to feel different than an MCU movie. Yeah. I don't want Star Wars to now just feel like Marvel movies. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's got to be a totally different perspective, totally different yeah. gear. Well, because you think of a, to me, an MCU future, because MCU is still, I would, in a different galaxy and probably a thousand years before Star Wars time, if they were technologically compatible. Um, but the, Star Wars future is a lot more rough and savage and and hard to survive in than yeah. MCU. MCU is is more of the Star Trek kind of future where it's we're getting to a crisp and clean fighting for peace and you know technology's a totally different level. I don't know. I don't think those two are in the same same spectrum. We'll have to see how it goes. It's it's going to be. I'm just a little worried about it, but I think I think it'll be okay. Has has he mentioned at all what kind of story he's looking at? No, no, no. We're still pretty on, and it, so oh. far it sounds like there's just one movie, which is very surprising. Hmm. 
That'd be, cool. yeah. That'd be great to have one-offs, though. I mean, nothing... I would love to see more Star Wars pirate stuff. Yeah. Because we don't get enough of the pirates. That's true. We see so much that's trying to repeat what has been done or continue or preview what has been done or something yeah. like that. But I miss just complete, random, unique stories that aren't related to anything else. You know, they don't have to be... They could be in the same world, same universe, something that we all know and like, but doesn't have to be the same as anything else that's around it. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Okay, so let's wrap things up a little bit here. We have, uh, I know there's a there's a huge wild development, but we're gonna we're gonna be doing a big Blizzard corner because we're going to BlizzCon at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be sharing all of our videos from BlizzCon. We're gonna be uh, streaming or sharing videos of us on our way down. It's a six hour drive for us down to BlizzCon. Gosh. The week the week before we're gonna release a big Blizzard corner where we talk about what we predict is gonna happen at BlizzCon. We're gonna talk about all the big developments in WoW. So yeah, well, I know you guys up. are like probably like, wait, you guys are the Blizzard guys. Why is you guys not talking about the insane stuff that just happened in WoW? <laughs> you people talk about afterwards, right. but it's crazy. Um, so we're saving that. And then uh, let's see, last bits. Uh, Want to talk about? Oh, the Xbox free games this month. Uh, Tumbo the Badass Elephant. We have Friday the Thirteenth, the game. That's a good one. Disney's Bolts. That's not a good one. And then Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge is also going to be free this month. That's okay. PlayStation's winning it, though. They have MLB The Show 19. That's a pretty big game for them. And then The Last of Us Remastered is free if you have a PlayStation right now. So, guys, just get that. Uh, We don't normally talk about Humble Bundle, but Humble Humble Bundle right now for $12 a month, you get their packages. But the ones for this month are so good, I had to make sure to mention them. Call of Duty World War II, which is like two Call of Duties ago. It's it's not very old. Uh, Crash... The Crash Bandicoot uh, Insane Trilogy, which is basically, you know, it's Crash. And then the Spyro Reignited Trilogy, very, very good. Spyro was a lot of fun back in the day. Oh, you got to check out these Reignited ones. They basically yeah. remade the the three that you played. Really? Yeah, and wow. uh, they're really, really big. It's awesome. Really good on the Switch. And then uh, we wanted to give a couple shout-outs. So first of all, Mark Verma, we've had on the show. We did an interview with him about his comic book. He got fully funded. So uh, thank you guys so much for those who helped out Mark Verma. And then, of course, you just heard the, the Mindy Indie interview we had earlier on. We love these because not only does it help them get exposure for their comic book and their Kickstarter, but we also get to see what it's like for comic book creators to make comic books, something that we all enjoy. Uh, so, grats, Mark. Awesome job. Way to go. I know it's going to be a good comic book. That's grain that he made. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next thing is we have the announce. We have to announce the winners of the box box record arena. We reviewed a game. We have three free copies to give away. Uh, we we did a pull on these things off of our Twitter page. The winners are Pod People, Three Fat Nerds, and Lit Gaming Arena. Uh, all of these people are awesome. Pod People actually, I think, is part of Three Hours Later. I'll have to check on that. But um, yeah, way to go, guys. Awesome job. We'll send you guys out your free codes. Uh, next thing I want to talk about, I know I'm kind of like doing all the housekeeping right now. Um, <laughs> shout out to Kyle X Plays. Uh, Kyle X, me, I did an interview on his thing. Uh-huh. Uh, he has these where he does these uh, Just Talking Twos. Yeah. I was on there last. So nice. check that out, guys. You can see my handsome face on there as well. And uh, I was also on the next Altered Universe podcast coming up pretty soon. That's a really good one. I think that one is going to be, yeah, that one's about uh, about predictions of Marvel's future. So check that. I'm not going to give away anything. Nice. And then uh, I just want to give a shout out to the Next Wave Podcast Network. It's kind of this network that we're in now, and it's just now starting to kind of pick up. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure you guys check that out. Um, and then the last thing we're going to announce is this December, if you're in the Sacramento region, we're going to be at the Sacramento Gaming Expo. Whoop, whoop. We'll have a booth there. We're going to be doing a live recording. Come on by and visit us. Yeah. Uh, we'll have like uh, three questions that you can answer and be live on the show or, you know, recorded on the show. Basically, what's your favorite system? Uh, what's your 
favorite game maybe and then why stuff like i don't know we'll figure it out um <laughs> and then i'm setting up i've got the n64 working again so i'll probably have either diddy kong racing or smash brothers on that mm, both amazing both amazing i think i beat you all on diddy kong though yeah maybe we'll practice we just did a, a check out our youtube channel where we have retro review on we just did diddy kong racing on that and dude do you remember the like ice pyramid arena yeah, where you're going uphill the whole time in well, a circle. No, that's that's the final boss of the first uh, that one pyramid, pyramid where it's like it's all it's all ice and snow, but mm. you have like four players and you can like you have to shoot each other. You have to get the red balloons. It wasn't a race where you have to set it get the balloons and shoot at each other. No, and, like I don't the last that man one. surviving uh. wins. Oh, we used to play that thing on repeat. Oh god. Yeah, I have to, you have so to check long. out the video. Well, I ended up I ended up getting into that and like ended up playing a whole match. And it was really good. So check out that video, guys. We go over a lot of like you know different vehicles and stuff like that. It's a good video. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys in December. If you're in the Sacramento region, come by and say hi to us. We we're so happy to see you guys. It'd be fantastic. Uh, but I think that's gonna be it for us. We have a very long episode. Anything else you think we should get in? <laughs> I think that's it. That's a lot. I'm getting worn out. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. for joining us on the geek freaks podcast you can find us on twitter at geek freaks pod we're also on facebook instagram you can email us we have our patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week